Hello and welcome to Make Language Great Again. Today, it is my great joy and pleasure to welcome Anne Gibbons, who is an amazing cartoonist. I absolutely love her work. And Anne uh, has had a very, very established, very successful professional cartoonist career for almost four decades. So, and uh, it, it feels funny to talk in a third person, so I'll be just talking to you. And I know that yes, your, cartoons, yeah, your cartoon clients have been, you know, Dow Jones and Red Book, and they've been published in Cosmopolitan and Glamour and all sorts of completely respectable, quote-unquote, <laughs> media. And uh, you were the featured cartoonist for Thursday Chick Six, which I'm a pop culture idiot. So, but... <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh, very impressive by the mainstream standards. Uh -huh. And then 2020 happened. Right. And now you publish a substack that is called Anne Can Stand It. Right. And your work is so therapeutic. I, oh, mean, okay. I, I have to say that there's such a lack of artists. I mean, there's, there's plenty <laughs> of artists now who are, who are speaking out about it. But it's been lonely for a while. And your work... Is so so therapeutic. I absolutely love it. I'm going to share all the links in your cartoons. Oh, so thank you. welcome, Anne. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so glad you said my work is therapeutic. That's that's uh, that's great. That's what I want to do. Um, just some little touching, like connecting in a in a positive way, you know, with people who are also. You know, it's as I say in my my description, like we're in a loony bin. It's a planetary loony bin, and so therapy is needed. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, and and artists, that's the artist's job to point right. out the obvious sometimes, and also to provide therapy. In your cartoons, I I mean it from my heart. They're absolutely brilliant. They're oh, so beautiful. Thank you. Thanks so much. So. Why don't you tell us about yourself in your own words and, you know, your life, your story, and then 2020? Well, yeah, what I'll say mostly, the, the, the thing that's, you know, in the present, I, I mean, over the years, I always thought in the back of my mind, maybe sometime in the future, if I wasn't concerned about um, earning an income or, you know, say anything I want about anything, and not care <laughs> about the audience, you know, just, I want to say it and um, not worry about, will it go, will it go well? Will clients feel like, uh, you know, it's inappropriate or something. And I just did. And I thought it's something like, Anne can't stand it is what came to, I, I just do something, anything I can't stand. And at the time I thought it could be anything, all wide ranging, personal, political, whatever, but I never had quite the time or the, focus for it. And, and now actually in 2020, the work I was doing went completely belly up. And I, this, this was so clear to me um, from the start that this was a huge, like that. I just thought I would, I just, in those first few nights, I'd be lying in bed and go, this is a, this is a coup. This is a global coup. And um, it's so huge. It's so under, <laughs> it's undermining everything upending our lives. And I thought, ah, now this I can't stand. And this is where I'm going with my work from now on. And I don't care. Um, I mean, I, I, that does to say that I'm not, I, I take care with communicating well, but I'm not worried about who is thinking I'm off the wall. And I'm sure there's old friends who are, you know, buying the whole uh, COVID narrative. Anyway, that friends who, 
they know I'm doing this, but I'll mention, oh yeah, I'm doing the, I'm doing my weekly cartoon. They're like, uh-huh, but they don't ask about it. I don't know if they look it up and think Anna's off the wall. I don't know, but it's, um, it's kind of amazing. But I, you know, so I mostly focus on people like you and others who are more seeing, seeing things the way I do and take it from there. So that's, that's what I'm doing. That is amazing. It's actually also amazing that your cartoons by the mainstream standards are, are dangerous misinformation. While in reality, <laughs> like even in the pop culture, cartoons mm -hmm. were supposed to actually poke fun at, right. you know, the forbidden. They're right. supposed to go where other, thi other things don't go, right. as well as other right. art. Right. And right. we're in a place that is like the Soviet Union almost, where you can't be funny, you can't say a joke that is not approved by the party. Right. It's so bizarre. It is bizarre. It is just, it's, it's bizarre. Um, and deeply, deeply horrifying. <laughs> and, and I feel like it is so horrifying. The only way I can cope with it is, is express something positive and counter, just counter it in whatever way I can. So well, your cartoons are doing a great job. Oh, good. Like, good. I just, giggle and feel good every time every time oh, that's so great. oh great great <laughs> perfect <laughs> so I'm, I'm so glad you started your substack and yeah. so as far as well your earlier professional circles so you're saying mm -hmm. that they're just kind of pretending it's not happening what you're doing they don't they don't know they don't care they yeah don't talk to you about it yeah yeah, um, I, the few people, yeah, well, I mean, one cartoonist who I told about it said, oh, it's great that you're taking this on. Um, so she, was, she wasn't negative, but I actually haven't told a lot of people. I, it's more friends that are writers, art, actors, um, and I'm not, I'm not hooked into the, I used to be a member of the National Cartoonist Society, and, um, and it's just, I didn't, over the years, it kind of was, it's just, it's too much of a club of, of an in crowd and, and, and it's, it's still very much, it's very um, mainstream. And I just thought it didn't really fit for me after a while. I mean, I was in it for decades. So I kind of have tuned out from that. I am thinking there's a couple of people that do syndicate um, political cartoons. And I thought I might look at, check out you know, hook up with them and see would they be interested in this? Because in the past, I didn't really do something so overtly political. However, I looked at one of them and the one and the cartoons that were there were kind of um, very much buying the narrative. That oh, and and you know, there's so much the Trump cartoons about Trump, and it, it, they're just um, it's kind of depressing. You want the yeah art to be cutting edge and challenging rocking the boat and um i they're not <laughs> not that i not what i see most cartoonists you know i mean there's now um bob moran and others that are that i'm you know i'm learning about who are totally with me in this um so no it, it is fascinating and as far as well the cartoons about trump that whole that whole genre of rebellion has been so hijacked it's right. heartbreaking, really, because there's nothing rebellious. I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, you can like this politician, dislike that politician. Right, I don't do right. It. But making fun of Trump, especially now, oh. uh, it, it's so completely irrelevant. Right, right, right. It's it very, very 
Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's like just watching people follow. It's just, I mean, I, I guess so often when I talk to somebody or just see what they post or whatever, I think they must be listening to NPR, watching MSNBC or CNN, because they always say the same things and, um, you know, just, and be just totally obsessed right now with the hearings. I, I you know, it's like, the hearings about January 6th? I, the hearings, I actually wanted to see what hearings. I sincerely was, was going to ask you what hearings. Yeah, the, about January 6th. It's it's insane. I So it's kind of, but that, you know, it's just, um, what? I it Just a, deciding that something like that is so important that they're going to spend time this week watching the hearings. I don't even, I don't know the details either because mm-hmm. I just ignore that stuff. Um, but that's in, you do a little reality check with friends. And I think that just in a few sentences, I realized, oh my God, we're on different, we're in different, we're in diff- on different planets. Um, uh, it seems like there's this whole manufactured reality where people right. are crawling for now. Right. So the farmland is taken away from the farmers. And right. I, I, say, I, I was walking, well, we're both in New York. And so I was walking in East Village and I just overheard a couple talking. And the woman said, out of all things, my least favorite thing is Republicans. Right. And the guy said, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, what planet are you on? There's right. farmland taken away from farmers. How do right. you eat? Right. Who cares about this? Right. And, so, and it's, right. And, and, you know, just yesterday with the, or was it the day before the FDA, they mm-hmm. vote, you know, that expert committee votes to allow the booster shots in the fall, won't even have clinical trials. And they do crappy clinical trials when they do them. But now they will release another set of booster shots with no clinical trials, even though it's a different formulation. So, Here's, here's this friend of ours who is, you know, wouldn't talk the other day because he's watching the hearing. And I think, do you realize that you're going to be put, you're going to, you're probably going to get this shot in the fall that is an experimental technology to begin with. And they tweaked it even further. It would, it already was experimental and they and they now will have no clinical trial. They have, since this thing is totally new. They're kind of going to make it up over this over the summer. It sounds like to produce it in a rush, and you're worried about January sixth. I, I, it just takes your breath away. This thing could kill you. Um, I, so it's it's so it, the chasm is is so huge. Um, I don't know uh, what what will happen with that, but it's disheartening. Well, I have to. I have to agree. I I see a lot of people coming around and waking up mm-hmm. in New York, and people are waking up. But I think the ones who are not impacted yet, yeah, or don't don't connect the dots. Right, they're still in the world of pop culture, and all right. it is is pop culture, just a different version of political pop culture. Right, 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 totally, totally. And I guess that's. I just think. I mean, I, I've. You know, part part of the way I saw, you know, what was coming was having been made aware about vaccinations over the last several years. Over the last several years, I've been hooking up with people who have been questioning vaccination and going to events. You know, I saw Vax 1 and Vax 2 
and went to a a, a big, uh, there was a big event at Riverside Church in November 2019, and all the speakers, this, this, play, this was in a big hall in Riverside Church, which I think it seats 800 people, and it was packed. It was standing room only um, for people talking about vaccination, and it kind of blew my mind. It was the, all these people, and some of them clearly injured. In, you know, in wheelchairs or what, and with t-shirts about their family members or whatever, it was kind of, oh my God, this is huge. And that a lot, several of the speakers were saying, you know, they're going to come for everybody with vaccines. It's, they want everybody. And I thought, holy God, I don't, you know, like it was horrifying. Um, but also what they were saying is it's kind of, it has to hit you personally to once if you if you experience a vaccine injury yourself or someone you you love and it's clear that changes your life and and so I, there were many people there this has already changed their lives um what the medical what what big pharma the power that they have to force um vaccinations on kids and many other things but that I think when you were saying people are starting to become more aware, I think uh, the more injuries and deaths that will just keep happening. I mean, I, I'm sure you follow Mark Crispin Miller has, as oh, yeah. he keeps documenting. It's horrifying. And I just don't think that can be covered up forever. I that's when people hear when there's, you know, already there's reluctance about the boosters and parents haven't gotten the kids their shots. And so I do think over time, I, I don't know, I don't, where are people going to go with this? Are they just going to keep getting shots at like, and accept that as a way to supposedly be healthy? I, uh, you know, big pharma will stop at nothing. They'll do everything. They, they'll just go until they're forced to stop. Um, but I think they will be forced to stop because there's going to be so much harm. And, and I, you know, in Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland always says it has to hit people personally. Um, and unfortunately, that means more suffering and death. But once, you know, that you can't ignore it, it becomes, it's, it's central to your life. And for me, since I, I thought I'm not getting vaccinated, they're not forcing it on adults. But when this happened, it became personal to me. And it was like, I, you know, I'll die on this hill. You're not, you're not shooting me up with anything. I refuse. No, over my dead body. So, um, so it's mobilized me. And I think people will mobilize more of necessity because we can't live our, we can't live our lives. Um, as screwed up as everything was before March 2020, I had my little niche carved out work I was doing and, you know, writing and painting and enjoying life, even though it was like, there's this ominous background. Um, that's, that's not possible anymore. There's, they're coming at us from every which way. Uh, I think we're headed toward a huge economic collapse. So it's, <laughs> I don't understand how people can, as I said, again, I'll talk with people and they're, describing something they're doing and I think it's so don't you don't you see don't you see what the what's happening it's like there's an avalanche <laughs> coming over us and they're not seeing it somehow I so um 
I don't know. I, I feel, as I said before, all I can do is connect with people like you and others and uh, keep going, keep following, going toward the light and uh, figure people will become aware if and when, and if not, I don't know. There's nothing to be done. I don't know. Um, well, time will tell how it develops. I think yes. if we look back at history, there's always a group of people who kind of connect the dots and then there's right. a large group of people who don't for whatever right. reason. Right. And then we'll just see what happens. I right. mean, I always I, hope for the best. Right. They're trying in so many ways. I mean, they're trying with this medical freedom, right. medical freedom, but they're also trying through carrots. You know, they're trying yes. to produce various devices. Oh, yes. Here's a neat implant or this bio biosensitive oh, tattoo. And totally. look how cool it is. Right, right. No, that's true. The whole digital, you know, the the AI driven future and and having having everything being hooked, you know, you don't even need a cell phone, they'll put it in your brain or your hand or whatever. Um, you know, the whole transhuman actually actually I just heard somebody who was it saying, don't don't call it a transhumanist agenda. Cause calling it a dehumanizing, it's dehumanizing, dehumanizing, trans, trans, transformation. Tra that's a good, trans is not a negative. Trans is like you're going to something else, but this is dehumanizing. Literally, there, there's this, you know, cabal that would rather have, you know, have us be half human and half machine or machine, you know, not, not fully human that's attractive to them. So it's kind of, how do you live with, how do you, I, but I, I, as you said, I've seen people will be, oh, they got their, what, what is that watch people have? The smart watch. Know, the smart watch and, and the, it's great. It's cool to have everything on your, you know, on your phone. I, I think we're going to have to get away, get away from smartphones completely. That's, um, that's, well, actually, Right for now, I mean, they're even saying you won't even need a, a physical object if they go further in the direction they want. Uh, so, and again, I guess it's so dystopian and so horrifying. I can't, I can't, I won't be able to live in that world if it gets, and I don't think it will happen. I don't really believe, I think we're fed so much, you know, so much propaganda um, 24 seven that I think I keep thinking of that them like the wizard of Oz, that they're pumping it out. They're inflating this, like this is going to happen. And there are a small psychopath group of psychopaths who want to control, want to, want to maintain their wealth and power and control people and get rid of people, um, for their own benefit. <laughs> it's like, it's so sick. And, uh, it's just so diabolical. I can't, I guess I can't bear to believe they'll get away with it, but I don't really believe they will. I think they want us to believe we're doomed because it's easier for them if we just roll over and play dead, you know? Well, I think this, we definitely don't know what's going to happen. I think right. it can go either in a very good direction if people wake up soon Right. Or it'll go in the direction of gloom for some time and then it'll break. Right, right. Because 
But the, 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 the danger is that, well, when everybody gets sick, so the standards for health are going to be different. Right. And then the new normal will be, will mean that it's not normal to be healthy, that being right. sick is normal. Right, right. And, and that's just so evil. And yeah, and especially with the shots that clearly um, impair the immune system. So I, that it's it's so it's so it's so bad that it's hard to contemplate. Except just don't get the shot. You know, urge people not to get them. But um, yeah, how many people will get how sick? Uh, I mean, even already, I guess part one of the things with um, Looking at this is uh, uh, Mickey Z did some what, did a podcast where he was saying remembering back it's not a the the old normal was not a good normal the old normal was uh you know a you know an environmental degradation and political you know corruption and psychopaths ruling the world and getting away with with murder um, it wasn't great <laughs> before. Um, and, and in one of those ways already, I, that, I, I mean, people are so used to taking drugs that I, when over the past few years, when my parents were started in decline and I, you know, take my mother to the hospital or a doctor and they were always dumbstruck that my parents were on no medication. They, you know, so what are the prescription drugs? They'd be ready to fill it out. And I'd say none, none. You know, like that was, they were, they just could not believe. My parents were healthy. They didn't go to the doctor. They didn't, they didn't get flu shots. They were, they didn't, they didn't buy the whole thing. They didn't want drugs. They didn't, they, they just didn't pay attention to this, but most people do. Um, so that people are already, were already accepting a compromised health because if you're taking a drug, that's 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 not health. That's you're you're doing something. Good health is you don't need a drug. Good health is your body is working without the aid of something that can be harming you. Uh, so, so I guess it's huge what's happening, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. And it's interesting to me that the, that so many of the people who are who kind of got with the program, although not all. They really are come, have been more into alternative health, questioning the medical system. Not all, because I know of like my chiropractor got the shot first time in his life. He got he got the both shots and uh, wore a mask. But so many of the people I've met are much more have come from having rejected big pharma in their lives in a big way, not not trusting it you know, looking for other ways to, to be healthy. Um, well, unfortunately, Big Pharma does not really deserve much trust. Right, right. Plus, the same yeah. investors own Big Pharma, Big Food, Big Tech, Big exactly. Bike, Big Media. Ex so exactly. why wouldn't they? Only the lazy, the lazy tyrant would right. not produce a drug or produce food that poisons and people need the drug, then sell the <laughs> drug, then the newspaper print articles that it's a great drug and it's great food and right. then the pocket politicians would mandate it. I mean, like, who wouldn't right. do that? What time yes, would right. do that? Yes, right, right, right. And actually, when you said that of, of the same, you know, they're all, all, you know, they're all part of a big tech, big pharma 
uh, controlled media. This is one of the things that, that will forever leave me dumbstruck is how people trust the media on this thing. When the media is, gets most of their advertising money from big pharma, it's something like over 70% of the media. And, and before, before um, March, 2020, they were, there was some study where they were rated big pharma. And I think was it big government and big tech were all rated as like, in terms of what the public trust big pharma was dead last before 2020. So it's like, okay, somehow you're accepting. And it was, they, they've, they've paid out the bit, you know, the biggest, you know, what was their case with marketing fraud? You know, how much they had to pay the biggest oh, yeah, settlement yeah, yeah, in yeah, history yeah. was, it by, was the biggest was advisor at the time. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is who you're trusting for, you know, you're, you're trusting the product of a company that paid the biggest settlement in history for lying about their products. <laughs> so it's like, and you can't wait to get it. I, I, it's, it's, ama- it's an amazing snow job, you know, what they've managed to do. It's kind of... Uh, well, there's a funny phrase, pro-Pfizer left. Well, I think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny, but at the same time, I mean, like, I don't really think in terms of political. I mean, it's it's unfortunately very easy to predict people's talking points mm-hmm. from one talking point. So if they like this, they most likely are also for this, 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 That's this, right, that, right. And that. Right. And it's pretty definitive. Right. But then on the other hand, I think about people as people, mm-hmm. and it's just tragic that. Right. And take a human being and just, I don't know, enchant them to such a degree that they're acting against, against their best interests. And right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's unprecedented. Hopefully your cartoons will either make little cracks. Well, that's it. That's it. All I want to do is make a little crack and all of us who make our little cracks and anything that shakes their their power however small i think it's it's a step in the right direction how many steps we need um we need a lot of them we know that and and we can't assume um those who are inflicting this that they're just not all powerful and they have to respond you know that it's it's fluid like you say we really don't know what will happen um but not doing nothing we know it'll only get worse. That's that's for sure. That's unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that tends to be the case. Whenever they're yeah. bullies, just letting them bully usually right. doesn't cure. They're exactly. Bully further. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What about so your closest circles, your family? Do they support? Do they support what you do? I'm, I I don't know. I, we don't really talk with my fam. My family. Uh, no, but we don't, I don't have a, like a, a real active, my family, it's like social. We never talk politics. Uh, I haven't seen that most of them because they've just kind of gone with this whole thing. Um, and certainly my, it, my closest friends, no, we've, I'm not in touch with, there's only one close friend who originally, uh, she came to our house. She, she lives alone and um, she was, just going crazy with the isolation and 
sometime we talked in the spring of 2020 and uh, none of her friends would, you know, that was when you were supposed to stay home. She was just, you know, having a horrible time. She's a very social person. And, uh, and I said, you can come here. You know, we <laughs> had her over for dinner and she came with a mask and, uh, you know, we had dinner and this, this was so early on and all night long, anytime I'd say something, she'd say, that's what Trump, she, she didn't get upset. But when she, she'd say, that's what Trump says. That's so funny. I can't believe you're saying just what Trump says. This is, and she, she thought it was a hoot. She was kind of surprised. Whereas other of my friends would be like, that's what Trump says. Like, you know, like they're pissed that, that I would say something, that it has to be wrong. If, it can, if he said it, you have to, you have to have your, you know, you're out of your mind too. How can you align yourself with that? Hydroxychloroquine, things like that, where it's like I said, well, Trump isn't the only one who advocates this. The, the, with, so with this one friend, she told me recently that if she hadn't become aware from I, my husband, Ivan, and I, um, that she, after talking with us, she said, if that hadn't happened by now, she probably would have gotten vaccinated. She, she wouldn't have had any idea of another way. But once she met us and kind of just started paying attention more, uh, she's the only one who's reacted that way. Another friend who's a really close friend, um, early on, she, I said, I don't trust the media. She said, no, I, I do trust them on this. I do. I, I really do. I thought, okay, then... Uh, we, we haven't even, we haven't talked. We're really good friends, but there's nowhere to go right now when um, we don't, we, it's, it's, it's like, I, it's somehow, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I feel as if I've, I'm seen as if I've joined Jehovah's Witness or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, so they don't want to talk to me, you know, and I don't want to talk to them. I, it's, uh, so no, it's really a an isolating thing. I've just looked for new people, you know, new friends, um, and it's just it's just a fact that uh, we can't talk. I can't. Um, there's nowhere to go, and so it's kind of a pause in those friendships. Um, and I don't know. I a few times I've tried to talk with people, but we just quickly come to you see it this way, I see it that way okay, forget it. Um, so I don't know if there, that will change in the future. I don't know. Well, hmm. I hope some healing comes and I hope they come over to the side of more factual information. Right, right, right. Because it just speaks to the fact, and I've been thinking about it a lot, how in our culture and the establishment uses it brilliantly for themselves. In our culture, the definition of smart is somebody who is very good at repeating establishment talking points okay. and this is how they teach kids and this is how the, the new york well i i don't even want to use the word intellectuals because it would be a misnomer in this case mm -hmm. it's really using the independent thinking ability which they have like lots right. of really brilliant people mm -hmm. so but so in the new york crowd People think you're crazy because you're not repeating what the New York Times said. Right. Because they are 
creating the smart talking points for smart people. And mm-hmm. unless you're repeating them, you're not a smart person. And that is so tragic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really so tragic. Right, right, totally. Nothing to do with smart, nothing like that. No. Nothing to do with anything. That's just, no. I'm a good parrot. Say what? Did you say? I'm a- it is like, I'm a good parrot. Yes, right, right, right. And and I, as I said, for me, it's friends who would never have been doing that in the past. They wouldn't be enamored of the New York Times. They'd be critical of the New York Times. But somehow it's like, like all of a sudden it's sort of joining. I, I think that thing of kind of join, being part of something, uh, everybody's, everybody's going this way and it seems comfortable to a lot of people to just be part of something, a belief system that, uh, that keeps getting encouraged. Um, well, I think the past four years, the whoever designed the breaking of the minds, I mean, like they really used the whole Trump Right, right. Where they drove people crazy with the symbol of a politician who is just a regular corrupt politician like all of them. Right. They just drove people completely off the cliff with that. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. And that is, again, said. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, totally. No, I think that's true. When you go back to the history with Trump, uh, that's where, and every, that whole election, that whole, um, when he was campaigning, and I certainly at the time, I thought he's never, never going to get elected. Forget it. This is a joke. This is just, uh, and, and there's so much the question about that whole, the election system in general and what happened. There's, there's, it's so much more complex, but people were obsessed with him running and then freaked out when he got in. And I always felt, even even at that time, when Trump got elected, I thought, well, at least we won't be, you know, saber-rattling with Russia, because Hillary Clinton was saying, you know, he, Trump was saying he would talk with Putin, and Hillary was ready to, you know, start a war. So I thought, well, at least that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, but uh, anyway, but the whole thing is, it feels like it's so much theater that... We need you need to be so skeptical about Republican Democrat. This whole thing is there's just so much theater and cl- it, clown shows uh, that to, I, I don't pay it. I didn't pay attention. Even Obama to me, I thought no, this is a marketing campaign. I wasn't rah rah about Obama. I thought I I didn't see him as this great change maker either. I mean he 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 supported the bailouts. Um, he continued all the policies, you know, he ratcheted up wars. So it's all the, the whole thing. It, yeah, I guess, you know, we're now things are coming to a head, but it's been building up, as you say, for decades. So, yeah, so it's kind of in a way, it's in different ways. What's that? If not for centuries in different ways. Yes, right. T- right. Totally. Yeah. Right. Right. So with that, it's kind of okay. We're part of something. <laughs> it's, it's so much, it's so much larger than any one of us. So just do what we can do. And, um, I don't know. I, f- I always feel like keep going toward the light and connect with people, uh, and see what happens. And it's been really neat to do that, to find people you, you know, are just, just starting fresh and, 
and for me to take take ideas that that just enrage me and what can I do how do I make art out of that that's so it kind of is so I, I, I at least have clarity about this there's I don't see I mean to, there are times when I need to take breaks from this for sure but it's so clear that what my purpose is right now so that's kind of I don't, that's nice. Before this happened, it wasn't as clear, you know. I mean, I kind of knew things I cared about and what I was doing, but I didn't feel this urgency that I certainly feel now. Um, so that's kind of the driving force for us, right? And I think that's a very common story for lots of us where, right. you know, we had our thing, but, and lots of us were outspoken on other issues, but then when right. something threatening happened, it was like, okay, I have to open right. my mouth. And right. then I remember my first Substack in April 2020. It was scary, but then to my pleasant surprise, I actually found a whole lot of new friends and uh -huh. that was a very, very amazing thing. Oh, uh, yeah, you were there early on and uh, you were one of my first like, oh, thank God, these people. I loved your work and I loved the creative oh, thing you. and thank you're you. coming from you know, what you, your insights from coming from, you know, the, from the Soviet Union and Russia, it was like, you know, I, I remember one of the things you wrote where like when things collapsed there, when it was a lot more fun. Oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> and I thought, yes, cause th this sucks. This is so, they have chained us with these masks and lockdown. Like we we're all suffocating. It wasn't liberating chaotic mess. It was, they're putting screws on us, you know, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I actually took me a while to get myself going because for a while I was kind of dumbstruck and thinking I didn't I wasn't sure quite how to how to do how to respond. I mean, like what how and finally I just figured out I used to do a weekly cartoon. I knew the drill. I'll just do that. That's my way. Just say I'm going to do something every week. I don't know what it will be but it kind of gives me structure and, and Substack is great. Before that I, I had, I did a website and I was just telling people about it informally. And I thought, I don't know how to market it. I don't know. You know, it's, I, it's always been hard. Marketing is always a pain in the ass, you know? Um, and mostly I thought I'm just doing it and seeing what happens. And then I just started, started seeing, wow, everybody I'm following seems to be on Substack. And I mean, it's overwhelming, is it not to be like, I get hundreds, I have hundreds of emails in my, from everybody I'm trying to follow and uh, read and watch. And it's kind of exhilarating, you know, it's like people are writing really interesting things, really great research. Uh, it's great. It's, it's totally to feel totally engaged. It's overwhelming, but it's kind of a good overwhelm. I agree. And I'm so glad for one that you joined Substack because yeah. the tunes are so beautiful. I absolutely oh, love them. Good. And, and you know, my, what, actually one thing I would say, like for me, what I love about cartoons is that they're so simple, at least the way I try to do them is simple to look at, not too many words, and that, that the appeal of a visual is you, you look at it, you, a cartoon if you just look at something in the New Yorker or wherever, you probably already read the cartoon before you, you, you just do it. It's sort of an instant, 
you're drawn to it and you're seeing something. Whereas an article, you have to choose to read it. Right. You, you can't, you can skim it, but, but a cartoon is skimming. <laughs> a cartoon mm-hmm. is, that's all you do. Um, so it's, it's somehow, you, it's, I feel like it's a way to be just a quicker thing. And actually, for me, I, I, I'd like to do more just simple like spot illustrations too and just invite writers to use them to illustrate their articles to pull people in to their articles, you know, because a visual opens, opens doors. It's kind of, I mean, if you think of book covers, um, how important a book cover is to get you to open it, to find out what the book is about, if it's a good book cover. Sometimes I've read really crappy things because they had a great book cover, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and sometimes that it's a great book and the cover is perfect for it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think visuals and cartoons particularly are, they have a good, a special role. I can't do the research. I don't have that kind of head that some, that people do more in-depth analysis and things that you do and other people. It's like that. I am kind of, I have a different thing, kind of take it all in and filter it is, is what I do. So, so it's like, I guess it's, we all have our, our role here and, I I am game. I would collaborate with you any day because that's so beautiful. Okay, great. So, great. Great. Okay. So, great. Thank you. Okay. And, uh, so where can people find you? Uh, I, I I have a website that's very similar to my Substack at ancantstandit.com. And you can see my bio there. And I might expand that, but I'm also, it's ancantstand.substack.com. So Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, absolutely.